Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Amen. Well, what are we doing here? Why, why are we celebrating? What is the significance of, Pente- of uh, Pentecost? What is, it, what is the significance under the church? Amen. Most people say, well, isn't this, a, isn't this just a Jewish holiday? Isn't this isn't something that the Jews would celebrate? And it was. Amen. The, the Jewish religion would have celebrated this for, and they still celebrate it. They're probably celebrating it as we speak right now. Amen. Because it is the day that marks 50 days after the Passover for them. Amen. The Jews would call it Shabbat. Amen. It's a Shavad. And, and what, what are they celebrating? They are, they are celebrating the first fruits of the wheat harvest. Amen. And later on, it came to the place where they began to celebrate when the law was given by Moses on Mount Sinai. Amen. Which is, which is powerful. But how many of y'all know that we aren't celebrating what the Jews are celebrating? Amen. We're not, we're not celebrating. Now listen, the Jewish, the Jewish faith, listen, that's our heritage. Amen. We, we love the Jews. This is a, this is a place where the church was birthed from. Amen. Our Lord and our savior, he was a Jew. Amen. We don't, we don't hate on Jews, but we don't necessarily celebrate everything they're doing. Why? Because all the things they were doing were pointing to one thing. You say, what was that? To Jesus. Amen. Everything that they celebrated, all their feast days, everything that the Jews had, it was all pointing to one thing, and it was Jesus. And what does Hebrews chapter 8 say? That we, but we have a new high priest, right? We have one that, a new intercessor, a new mediator that, that has formed a new covenant that's based on a better covenant with better promises. Amen. We have a better covenant. Why? Because it's based on Jesus. And we have better promises, amen, than, than what we had in the Old Testament. So praise God for the things that are going on in the Old Testament. But listen, church, we need to live in what God's doing for us today, amen? Don't, don't regress. Don't, don't go backwards and start thinking we need to start, you know, blowing shafars and doing these things. That's not, that's not, that's not what God's asking us to do, amen? We are under a new covenant. We need to press forward. So, so what are we celebrating here on the day of Pentecost. What is it? It's, it's in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. It was the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are celebrating when the God unleashed the Holy Ghost to come down into this land and not just abide on the inside of us, but to come upon each and every one of us. Why? So we can operate in power. So we can operate and do the things, as Jesus said, the same things I'm doing, the same things that I do, you're going to do them as well. But not just those, you're going to even do greater things. But see, how are we going to do those greater things? It's the same way Jesus did it. It's by the power of Holy Ghost living on the inside of us, the power of Holy Ghost coming upon us. It's his gifts being operated through each and every one of us. Amen? So glory to God. Thank God for being, for being able to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank God that we can get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Thank God that we can be immersed in the Spirit of God, just like Jesus. Amen. We can get immersed. We we can get baptized into Christ. We can get baptized into Jesus. We can get fully immersed in Him to to where your life disappears, your old nature disappears, and you can now live into the life of Christ. Amen. The same thing is with the Holy Ghost. We can get fully immersed with Him where we can be overflowing with the Holy Ghost living upon us, living within us and living upon us, the, the, the abiding and the coming upon, amen, which is what we need to, we're going to be focusing on here today, amen. I want to tell you, church, there's two things in my life. There's two things that happened to me in my 20s in my life that absolutely changed me. It changed everything about me. It changed who I was as a man. It changed who I was as a, as a husband. 
It changed who I was as a father. It changed who I was as a son. It changed who I was as a businessman. It changed who I was as a friend to people that, that I came in contact with. It absolutely changed my life. And the first one was when I got baptized into Christ, when I got saved, when I got reborn in 2002 at the age of 25, when I, when I gave exchange my life and then I picked up Jesus's life. I gave him mine and I took Jesus's life. And I'm telling you, I know without a shadow of a doubt, something changed on the inside of me. I may not have been walking in the fullness of where I am right now, but something changed on the inside of me and it revolutionized my life. It absolutely changed everything about me. It opened up a door to where I could have communication and intimacy with God. Amen. Not just expecting him to, to do everything or not just having a, a knowledge of him. Amen. But, but an intimacy began to be opened up. Amen. But the second thing Number two, the second thing that, that changed my life forever, and I'm telling you, it was the baptism of the Holy Ghost when I, when I turned about 30 years old in 2007. I had the fullness of the power of God come upon me, and it was such a big deal in my life, church, I'm telling you. It was almost like I got reborn again. It's almost like I, I, I came alive again because, listen, my switch has been, was flipped off for about five years. I, got, I, got, I backslid and I started going off of the things of the world, going after power, going after money, going after authority, going after everything I could do. And I'm absolutely convinced nowadays, as I look back into my history, the reason why I did those things is because of one simple thing. I didn't have the fullness of the Holy Ghost upon me. Amen. I stepped into religion and I, I started, you know, going to church. I started doing these things, but it didn't become alive to me. There wasn't something, there wasn't the power of the Holy Ghost. It's that scripture that we keep talking about every week, you know, the, about the church having, you know, people having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Amen. And when you don't have that power, I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's very easy to walk off to go try to get your own power. Amen. Whatever that looks like in the flesh, whether it's, whether it's money, whether it's beating up on somebody, whether it's starting a war, whatever it may be. Amen. We, it's easy to go up for those things when you are not full to the top of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is why Jesus told us, he says, you know, you don't, don't leave this land here in John 16. He says, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Nevertheless, I will tell you the truth. It's expedient. It's absolutely important for me to exit this place. Now, I'm telling you, when Jesus was walking down here on this earth and he says, you know what, it's, it's very important for me to leave here. You might want to pay attention while he's saying it's important for him to leave. He says, it's very important for you that I leave this place. Why? Because if I can't leave, I can't give you the Holy Ghost. I can't give you the comforter. I can't give you the paraclete. I can't provide him for you if I stay here. So it's better for you for me to leave. Now, doesn't that just sound, that sounds odd to me, right? Jesus himself said, listen, listen, it's it's better for me to leave so I can give you the Holy Ghost than me to stay here. You think about that for a second. This is the same spirit that was operating through Jesus. He says it's expedient. It's expedient for me to leave because if I don't, you will not get the Holy Ghost. Who is, who is this paraclete that he was talking to? Who, what is this comforter? In the Greek, it's a, it's a comforter. It's our counselor. It is our, it is our um, helper. It is our intercessor. It's our advocate. It's our strengthener. It's our standby. This, this is who the Holy Ghost is to us. It's not, it's not just something that comes on the inside of you when you make your, you know, you, you, you pray and, get, and receive salvation and nothing else happens. No, no, no. Now you get the counselor. 
counselor. Amen. When you, now you get the comforter. Now you get an advocate that stands with you. Now you get someone that will stand by your side. Now you get an intercessor that stands in the gap for you. And I'm telling you, his name is Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, I don't leave this place without him today. Don't leave, don't leave this place without the fullness of him operating in you today. Because I'm telling you, it will change your life forever. It will change your life forever. I'm telling you, church, when I yielded to, the, to this intimacy, when I yielded to the Holy Spirit, you know, there's a, there is a power that came upon me. There is a, an intimacy that I never experienced before, a, a, an absolute drawing to come to the feet of Jesus, amen, that, that I never thought was impossible, that I never thought was impossible. I'm telling you that the book of Acts started looking like my life. I started reading the book of Acts. I'm like, man, these things are happening. I can lay hands on people. They're getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. I can lay hands on people. People are actually getting healed. This is amazing. This isn't some far-fetched thing. This is a reality, but it takes one thing. It takes the fullness of the Spirit of God coming upon you. It takes the fullness of Him coming upon you. It takes you yielding unto Him. And then up to one point, even in my, even in one of my truck yards, our lorry yards, where we had a, a big crude oil blending terminal there, I was sitting there, you know, chatting with some of the fellows as I was coming in and uh, checking on the plant, seeing everything was going. I was sitting there, I was sitting there on the couch, and one of my men walked in, and he's close to my height, you know, he's a Texas boy too. And he, he walked in, and he was absolutely white, not like Irish white. You know, he was, he was white, you know, like white, like a ghost when he walked in there. And I looked over, and I said, well, what's, what's wrong with you? You know, he's like, ah, oh, nothing. And he came down, and he, sat, and he sat down on the couch that was in there. And me and the guy that I was in ministry with that was with me, he, we both walked over and said, well, what's wrong with you? You know, something's not right there. And he goes, I don't know what it is. And I said, what's wrong with you? And he goes, man, it feels like I'm having a heart attack. You know, he goes, I had a heart attack, you know, five, six years ago. It feels like I'm having a heart attack. I, I feel like I'm fixing to die. I need to go to the hospital. I said, well, do you mind if we pray for you first? And he goes, man, you can do whatever you want. Amen. So what do we do? We, we laid our hands on, we prayed, we asked for the healing anointing of God to come upon him. And then we rebuked that heart attack. We rebuked it and we commanded it to leave that body. And I'm telling you, there's something that amazing happened. You saw color start coming back up, back up. I can see it on his neck coming up and it just kind of rose up into his face and he opened up his eyes and he's like oh my lord he's like it's gone it, it disappeared and I said well of course it did he goes it disappeared I, 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 this is what you called healed I said yeah of course it is of course it is. And he, he stood back up and he's like, well, do you need me to go pick up another load? You know, go pick up another load of oil. And I said, I said, no, I, I think that'd be irresponsible for me to send you back out and go, go work. And why don't you go home, get some rest, you know, and come back, come back in the morning. And he, he popped in there. He, was, he asked, he asked if he could receive the prayer of salvation. He's like, man, I know, I know. I always thought you guys were crazy, but I'm telling you, I know what you believe is real. And a matter of fact, I've been, I've been living, I've been living with my girlfriend for the last year and a half. And he says, you know what? I, I want to get married now. I want to get married now because I'm telling you, God changed something on the inside of him. With what? By power. See, this is what power is for. Church, this is why, this is why he desires to give you the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So this power that's on the inside of you, you can release it to other people to where it can reveal the fullness of the living God in people's, in people's lives, amen? We need this power, church. I'm telling you, the church is lacking power. Amen. The church lacks power. We have a weak, soft church. 
I'm not talking about our church in general. I'm talking about the church as a body, as a whole. It is soft. It is weak. Amen. It's being very religious. Amen. And there's not power operating through this church. I'm telling you, if we're going to bring in this end days revival, this latter day reigns that the Lord is, is desiring for us, that he needs us to fulfill, I'm telling you, church, we better learn how to walk in power. We better learn how to operate and how the Holy Ghost is desiring us to walk. Amen. And not just, and not just walk around religious. Just, oh, I'm just, I'm happy. I don't have to go to hell. Well, glory to God. You don't have to go to hell. But listen, church, you're allowing a lot of people go there because you're not allowing the fullness of God to operate through you. Amen. So let's teach a little bit today. Let's teach a little bit today on, on the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let's see what the Lord has to say about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And let's see where the Lord takes us from there. Amen. I'll tell you, if you've never heard these things before, I tell you, don't get checked out. Amen. Because there's amazing things that, that come with this. It is, some, of these, some of these verses may surprise you in Acts chapter 1 and 2 if you've never studied these things out, if you've never heard them. Amen. You see, some of the things that were operating when, when church got started today, when we we're in worship and there's tongues going forth and, and all these crazy things like to the outside world, those things can look mad. Amen. But this is, this is the culture of the church. Amen. Just because 90% of the church doesn't operate in these things doesn't mean it's not why the Holy Ghost desires and what he wants. Amen. He desires for us to operate in his fullness. He desires us to have our own culture. We're not called to look like the world and be the church. No, we're called to be the church. Amen. Operating in how he has called us and how he has formed us. Amen. So let's turn here. Let's turn here in Acts chapter 1. Amen. In Acts chapter 1. Okay. Uh, let, me, let me mention this to you. I know there's some people that may be from different religious backgrounds. There's new faces in here. And listen, there's all kinds of denominational things. Amen. As we, get, as we can get gathered together as a church. And listen, I, when, when I first started hearing these things, I was a, I was a newly saved and I was, in a, I, I was in a Baptist church. Amen. And I didn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I didn't believe in the gifts because these are the things that I was, I was taught. Amen. We don't, you don't hang around those tongue talkers. You don't hang around those Pentecostals. You don't hang around people that believe in healing because all those things are dead. Amen. That's the devil working through you. Amen. But see, this is how God desires to operate. This is how God works. See, this is why he may have brought you here today. Just like, just like when I was in that Baptist church. One of our, one of our leaders, they were in the States. We do like a Sunday school before the service starts, you know, maybe 30 or 45 minutes before, before the, uh, the church service starts. And I had these, this young couple, they were, they were leading our, our Bible study group. Amen. Well, they, they started getting on fire. They started seeking out for more and they, and they, they left our, our Bible study group, left teaching it. And they started hanging out at this other church and they, where they were teaching the baptism of the Holy Ghost and all these kinds of things. And they were just spending a little bit of time there, but, but you know, like, Brother Hagen says, you know, if you, if you play along the creek bed long enough, I mean, you're going to end up falling in. And this is what, this is what happened. They, they're around those Pentecostals long enough to where, to where the fullness, they, they sense the presence of God and they end up falling into it. Amen. And end up leaving, leaving the Baptist church. And, and he was living with me at the time. Amen. And he, and he, he didn't necessarily come and talk to me about this because if most of you, if anyone knows me around here, I'm, I can be pretty, uh, confrontational. Amen. And you can think when I was a baby Christian and adolescent and I thought I knew everything, you can just imagine how confrontational I could have been back in those days. Amen. But so he started talking to my wife and talking to some of our friends about, man, you got to get this baptism of the Holy Ghost, man. Everyone can speak in tongues. It's amazing. And my wife came and told me this and I said, man, that's rubbish. 
So what did I do? I didn't know enough about the word, you know, so I went and I looked on the internet and I was like, oh, okay, where's that verse? There's that verse. Everything that talks about why these things can't happen. So when he came home from work, I was like, hey, hey, Brad, hey, Ryan, listen to this. His name was Ryan too. He, I go, hey, look, look at this verse right here. You know, and look at this verse right here and look at this verse right here, completely pulling them out of context because I had no clue what the, what the Holy Ghost was trying to say. And I said, these things are wrong. You're wrong. And he goes, okay. And he goes, is that, is that it? You know, and I go, yeah, that's it. I just want to let you know, you know, you're wrong. You know, and he goes, okay, okay. And he walked off and just walked in love towards me because it wouldn't have been a good deal to fight with me on something like that, amen? So he just, he just walked in love and, 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 <laughs> and walked off. And I'm telling you, it wasn't but a year later, maybe a year and a half later, I did the same thing. I started hanging around some of these Pentecostal people. And I'm telling you, that, that's, that edge is real slippery when you get close to it. And, you end, and I ended up falling in myself. But listen, I was open to these things because of seed that was sown. Amen. A seed that was sown from, from, a, from a man that, uh, that I absolutely rebuked, amen, and thought that he didn't have a clue what he's talking about. So listen, don't allow your, don't allow your denominational affiliations, amen, or your reformed theologies to change or to direct what you believe the word of God or what the Holy Ghost is trying to tell you. I mean, allow the word of God to be your doctrine. Allow Jesus to be your doctrine. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to train you. I mean, because I'm telling you, Satan has manipulated full denominations to where they're not walking in the power of God. Walking in death. Absolute death when you walk into the church. Not that they don't love God. Amen, but they refuse these things. They've kicked the Holy Spirit out. Amen. And we do not need these things to be operating on the inside of us. Amen. So listen, in, in Acts chapter 1, verse 1, it says, these, form these former treaties that I have made unto you, Theopolis, he goes, are all the things that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Of all these things that, the, that, that, uh, that Jesus began to do and to teach. Now listen, he says, he's talking about these former treaties. He, this is Dr. Luke that, that wrote these, uh, that wrote Acts. And he's talking about these former treaties. He's talking about the, the book of Luke that he wrote, the gospel of Luke. Amen. And, he, and he's talking to this man named, named Theophilus. Now, if you go study this out, you know, there, there'll be some historians, some the, theologians that will say, you know, this Theophilus wasn't, wasn't necessarily a person. It may have been, you know, a, a group of people. It may have been a church because the word Theophilus actually means lovers or friend of God. Amen. But, but if you, I believe if you kind of read through this, you understand that he's actually talking to a person. He was trying to reveal something into, into one of these men. Amen. But regardless, I don't know what your Bible looks like because I know everyone that came here today, just like my brother sitting here on the front row, they have a Bible. Bible, right? So at the beginning of it, it, it may say Acts of the Apostles up at the top. Now listen, take your pen and scratch out apostles there. Amen? Because this is not the Acts of the Apostles in the Bible. This is the Acts of the Holy Ghost. Amen? This book is written about the Acts of the Spirit of God that was operating through the apostles. You say, well, why does that matter? Why are you even bringing that up? Because listen, the apostles died. I mean, they died, but see, the Holy Ghost is still moving. I mean, they may have died. They may, they may have died 2,000 years ago, but listen, church, the Holy Ghost is still doing the same exact things he was doing in this day and age. He's just doing it through a new people. I mean, God never does anything new, but he'll do it through a new people. You say, who's that new people? It's you. It's each of you. It's the new generation. It's those kids that are walking up there. God desires to do something new through them as well, amen? But it's by the same Holy Ghost, and it's through the same things, amen? Jesus went around doing what? It says, it's, I'm going to teach you some of the things. It says that Jesus both did 
and that he taught. Jesus went around doing what? Teaching and preaching and delivering all who were oppressed of the devil. He went around doing, preaching and teaching and delivering all. Jesus went around, he taught something, he had something to say, but every time he had something to say, he backed it up with a demonstration. Amen? There is a proclamation and there is a demonstration with Christianity. Everything that we do, we need to have it backed up by the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, because the Holy Ghost can't back it up, it's not worth talking about. Everything we do needs to have power coming through it. We are the only religion in this world, church, that, 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 uh, that has the power of God operating through it. See, you can go argue with the Muslims. You can go argue with the Hindus. You can go argue with the atheists. You can go argue with anyone you want and say, listen, my book says this. What does your book say? And they're going to say, my book says this. What does your book say? Listen, and then you come, you come at a dead heat. Nothing, nothing changes. Nothing happens. But listen, church, when you say, my book says this, now watch this happen. My God says he's real and he'll heal you. Now watch this take place. I'm telling you, it'll change the people around you. It'll change the people around you. We have a demonstration with the proclamation that comes out of our mouths. Not just the person that's sitting up here. I'm talking about, I don't care if you just got saved 10 minutes ago, you can have a demonstration because the same power that is in me, the same power that's in Melvin or John or Jesus himself amen, lives on the inside of each and every one of you, amen. He says here in verse two, he goes, unto the day in which he was taken up after that, he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion for infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and in speaking of the things pertaining unto the kingdom of God. Amen. After his passion, after his death, after his resurrection, after his you know, going to hell and suffering for us, after he, he took sickness, after he took disease, after he took poverty upon himself, and he went up to the right hand of the Father, he came down upon this earth and visited people for 40 days. For 40 days. I find that absolutely amazing. Jesus came down here and walked on this land and revealed himself unto the church for 40 days. Started saying, listen, everything that I've told you, here I am, here I am, here I am, here I am. You know, I told you I'd be gone for three days. Now I'm back. For 40 days, he did this. For 40 days, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, 4, 5, 6, somewhere around there, it says that he revealed himself to upwards of 500 people or more. Now, why was there only 120 up in the upper room? He revealed himself to 500 people. Why were there only 100 people, 120 people up in the upper room? He revealed himself. I'm telling you, I don't know how many people he's revealed himself here in this town. <laughs> this, place, this place ought to be busting at the seams. But it's the same thing. It's the same way. You know, just because something got revealed to you doesn't mean you're going to grab a hold of it. Amen? Just because you saw something with your eyes doesn't mean it's gonna, that it changed something on the inside of you. He says here in verse 4, he says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart, that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he saith, you have, you have heard from me, that John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, not many days from now. As a matter of fact, it was actually 10 days later. He said, you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost. I love this word. It says, it says being assembled together with them. I think this is an amazing descriptive word here. It says, Jesus was assembled together with them, with the church, with the body. He 
came down and he showed up just as the word says, just as he is right here. You may not be seeing Jesus walking around here, but I'm telling you, Jesus comes. He's, he is here with us today. Why? Because when two or three are gathered and together in his name, he is with us. Amen. These men and women, they're gathered in his name. And he came and he was with them. Amen. He says he was assembled them. He assembled together with them. Listen, church, we need to be assembled. Amen. The church needs to be assembled. We as a people, we need to be assembled. It's kind of like assembling a bike. I mean, a bike is, is an amazing thing, but listen, if you don't have all the pieces of the bike, it doesn't work very well. I mean, you got to have wheels, but on those wheels, you got to have tires. Amen. You got to have, you got to have a frame to put those wheels on. You got to have a chain. You got to have a sprocket. You got to have a seat. You got to have handlebars. You got to have all these things operating to where you can do what the bike wants you to do. You even have to have a person sitting on the seat to be again to drive that bike. Right? To begin to drive that bike, to drive that motorcycle, drive whatever it is. Amen. But without every piece functioning as it's intended, the bike is useless. I mean, my sons, they've, they've had bikes, I'm telling you, and they've, you know, when they've left them out, they've not, you know, they've destroyed them, they ran them hard, whatever it may be. Listen, if they don't have a chain, they're absolutely useless. If they didn't have handlebars, they're useless. They can't, they can't do what they were ordained to do. They can't do what they were called to do. They can't do what they were designed to do. And listen, church, I'm telling you, we as the body of Christ, we can't function properly unless all pieces are gathered together. All pieces are gathered together. You say, you say, what is that? We got to have everyone in operation doing what God has asked us to do. We got to fulfill our calling and our destiny within the church, amen, or the church, the body of Christ becomes useless. But see, not just, not just us as the body of Christ, us individually, I mean, individually, we got to receive everything. We got to be assembled together with everything that God has designed for us, church. We need to get reborn. I mean, we need to operate in faith. We need to have His mercy, His compassion, His goodness, His love operating in us, church. We need to be praying. We need to be students of the Word, church. We need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need all components for this operation for us as a person and us as a church to begin to operate. Amen. Otherwise, Jesus can't, can't drive us. He can't get us in the direction that he wants to go. See, he is the one that was a sinful get with him. He's the one that sits on that seat. He's the one that, that promotes us to move in the direction that we need to go, that we need to be in. Amen. We got to allow him to, to drive us. We need to allow him to, to take us down paths of righteousness for his sake. We got to allow him to promote the victory in our lives. But it's being obedient unto what the word says. It's being obedient and allowing every, every facet of what the word says that we need, of what Jesus said, what the Holy Ghost says that we need, allow them to be operating in our lives. Amen. Now listen, it says, he being assembled together with them, it says, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but receive the promise. It says, he commanded them. I find it very interesting nowadays when, the, when people say, I, I, don't, I don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, was because you haven't read Acts chapter 1. I mean, Jesus says, I command you. I mean, see, this isn't just speaking, it isn't just speaking into the, into the, into the uh, original apostles here in Jerusalem. He's saying, no, Island Church, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm commanding you, don't leave this place until you receive it. Don't leave this place until you receive the promise 
that God has for you. Don't, don't leave this place. You say, well, well, what is the promise? The promise isn't salvation. I mean, the gift is salvation. The gift that God provides of us is salvation. It's, it's the gift of God, so no, no man can boast about it. Amen. So what is the promise? The promise is the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Look, let's turn, turn a couple, couple chapters back here in, in chapter 20. Verse 21, it says, And then said Jesus unto them again, He said, Peace be unto you, as my Father has sent me, even so I send you. Even so I send you. This is the call that was going forth. And he says, when he said this, he goes, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Ghost. This is when, this is when they got reborn. Amen. As they saw Jesus stand in front of them, as they, as they received his word, as they were talking, communicate with him, they, they had absolutely no doubt that the things that Jesus said was being manifested to him. So what Jesus do? He breathed the Holy Ghost on the inside of them. The Spirit came and it dwelled on the inside of them. So if it came and dwelled into him in, in John chapter 20, what is he talking about in Acts chapter 1? He's talking about the fullness of the Spirit of God coming upon him. Not just dwelling on the inside of him, but coming upon him. Amen. In verse, in verse 6 here, it says, and, and when they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Listen, see, it's, it's like many people like to get up and, you know, and, and exit during services because sometimes they get uncomfortable with the things they get in talk. Listen, church, just, that, just as the disciples missed it right here, see, Jesus was trying to speak something into their heart. Amen. Listen, I'm telling you, church, don't miss this. Don't miss it. Don't get checked out. Oh, I've already heard this before. Don't get checked out. Oh, I don't know about that. If I believe it, don't get checked out. I mean, listen to what the Spirit of God is trying to reveal to you today. Amen? Listen to what He's trying to reveal to you. In verse 7. <laughs> In verse 7, He said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the season which the Father has Put in his own power, but you shall receive power. You shall receive power. You shall receive dunamis, explosive power, after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, into Samaria, into the uttermost parts of the world. He says, after that, after the promise comes upon you, does anyone want supernatural, explosive power? You want to know how you get it? You get it from the fullness of the Spirit of God coming upon you. You get it through the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Ghost coming upon you. It is the only way you receive power. Amen. It's from Him coming upon you. It says, what is it to do? What do we receive this baptism for? What do we receive this power for? Because I'm telling you, everyone's looking for power. The world looks for power. What do we need this power for? So you can get a little more swagger in your steps. So you can look kind of cool when you're walking. Like, oh man, I got that. I can pray in tongues. Bless God. I'm all that. Now, is that, is that what it's for? Is it so you can go lay hands and you can have a great ministry and everyone wants to come and talk to you? I mean, is that what it's for? Or, oh, I know, it could be like this, right? You can get a lot of money and put it in your pocket and you can charge people from healing. Isn't this amazing? This is what the baptism is for, right? No, he said to be a witness. He said, I want to fill you up with so much power so you can be a witness. That, that Greek word witness is the Greek word martus. 
Amen. It means to be a witness. Back in these days, it was a witness, someone that had an eyewitness account of something that took place. Uh, up to the point that, that they came, they stood before a congregation, and when they, they stood before that congregation and gave their eyewitness testimony, it may have cost them their lives. It may have cost them their business. It may have cost them someone's life and their family. They, were gonna, they may have tried to get to them, but they, they had such an eyewitness account, and they, they trusted so much that the truth needed to be told. Amen. They risked everything. They risked everything to come before the congregation and give that testimony. Amen. This is where we get that word we use in the English called martyr. Amen. It's a witness. You want to be, you, you want to know what a martyrdom is? It's, it's people that are being a witness. They're so full of the power of God that they became a martyr. It didn't matter if they lost their life. It didn't matter if they lost their job. It didn't matter if their family walked away from them. It didn't matter if someone even came and beat them up, harmed them, tried to kill them. Listen, they had enough boldness to testify of the living God. Amen. That they stood up with no, nothing hindering them. Nothing hindering them. He says, after that, you're going to receive this power to be a witness unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world, uttermost parts of the earth. Church, we're called to be witnesses in our own hometowns. Amen? You ought to be walking Jesuses walking around Dundalk. People ought to look at you and say, man, there's something weird about that person. There's something different about that person when they're walking down the street. Why? Because you're so full of the power of God. You're so full of the anointing. You're overflowing. I'm telling you, it ought to change people. They ought to see that you are separated from the world, that you aren't like the world anymore. But not just here in Dundalk, up there in Porter Down. Not just in Porter Down, but down there in Dublin. I mean, to, to every city that God has placed us in, he's asking us to be a witness. Not just in our own city, he's asking us to be to our nations. He says, I want to fill you up with so much power, Phil. So much power that you change the nation. That you can walk around with so much power that you change the nation. That people look at you and say, man, there is something different about that guy. I need what he has. So much power that the nation gets changed. And they stop criticizing the nations that are around them. Amen. It's not just Ireland that needs to be changed. I'm telling you, Northern Ireland needs to be changed. And see, Jesus didn't say, just don't, just don't stop at your nation. Don't just stop at your city. Just don't stop at Ireland. He says, I want you to go into Samaria. I want you to go to the cross-cultural communities, the cross-cultural nations around you. And I want you to be so different, so bold, so full of power that you change them. Yes, even the people that hate you, that you change them. You say, what is he saying? He's saying, yeah, Ireland, we need to rise up as men and women of God, be so full of the Holy Ghost that we can go across that border and allow the power of God to manifest and we can speak life into the British. We can speak life into the, the United people of the United Kingdom. This is what God has called us to do. Not, not hate people, not try to destroy them, not kind of make fun of them because they're different, because they're Samaritans. No, he said, he said, I want to fill you up with so much power, you change them. That you change them. That you have so much love for them, you, you begin to change them. That you don't make fun of them because they're sick and because they got a virus you know, spreading around. Them. No, no, you want to go lay hands on them and get them healed. 
I want to change them by the power that's going on on the inside of you. Not just there. Not just there. Not just your cross-cultural community. Say, I want to send you across the world. I want to send you into Europe. I want to send you into dead Europe, the deadest continent uh, regarding Jesus and, and the world. I want to send you there. I want you to plant churches. I want you to change those places. I want you to go, I want you to, go to Africa. I want you to go to Asia. I want you to go to Russia. I want you to go to the Middle East. I want you to go to the Americas. I want you to change things by the power that I've placed on the inside of you. By the power that I've placed on the inside of you. That's why he's given us this power to be witnesses. To be bold witnesses in everything that we do. How many of y'all know who Peter is? The Apostle Peter. Amen. The loud mouth. Amen. What did he do? He was sitting there around Jesus, hanging out with Jesus. Jesus says, I'm fixing to go give up my life for you. He goes, no, man, no, no, I'll go with you. I, I, will, I will save you. I'll protect you. I'll be by your side. Lord, I'll even die with you. And Jesus looked over and was like, Peter, before this day is up, before morning comes up, man, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster you know, crows. Before the cock crows, you're going to deny me three times. And what happened? Before, before the cock crowed, he's like, I don't know, Jesus. I don't know that man. I don't know that man. I don't know that man. The cock crowed. Jesus cut his eyes over at him. What did he do? He started crying, wailing, and he ran, he ran away. Hmm? But what happened after he got filled up with the Holy Ghost? The same man, the same man in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 3, the same man that, that couldn't even say that he knew Jesus. Now, I may be a Galilean, but I'm not here for him. I don't, I don't know what he looks like. I don't know who that guy is. I don't know who Jesus is. The same man, as people are stumbling out of the upper room, and they're stumbling out of Island Church, people, people start coming up to him and saying, man, are these people drunk? Isn't it, isn't it like noon? Isn't it like 1 o'clock? Why are they already drunk? He said, man, this is, people aren't drunk here. Now, this is what the prophet Joel prophesied, that in these days, that these last days, I'm going to Pour out my spirit upon all flesh, upon your sons, your daughters. They're going to begin to prophesy. Your old men are going to dream dreams. Your young men, they're going to see visions. This is the day. This is what I was talking about. What happened? 3,000 people came to know the Lord. The same man that just a few weeks later was sitting there. I don't know who that guy is. He got the fullness of the power of God come upon him. He stood up, preached his first sermon. 3,000 people got saved. He didn't stop there. He began to walk. He came across a gate called Beautiful. There's a lame man sitting at the gate. He said, you know, you know, silver and gold, I have none, but this I have, let me give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise and walk. He grabbed him by the hand and pulled him up. 2,000 people got saved by that amazing miracle. The same guy that was scared to even say, I know that guy. The power of the Holy Ghost came upon him. And he was no longer ashamed. He was no longer ashamed. He was filled with the power. Here. Whew. Here in chapter 2, let me finish up these few verses here and we'll get on. Chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And when the day of Pentecost has fully come, he goes, they were in one accord and they are in one place. They're in one accord and they're in one place. Church, I'm telling you, this, this is important to be in the church. It's important to be gathering together. We need to be in one place. I'm telling you, we get in one place and we get in one accord. I'm telling you, amazing things start to happen. Amazing things start to happen. Remember, we talked about this last week there in, in uh, what was that, Hebrews chapter 10, where it says, don't forsake, as these days are coming nigh, I mean, don't, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together as the habit of some men and women are. Don't forsake those things. Why? Because you need this gathering. Amen? We need this gathering. We need to come in one accord. 
We need not to come to church with our own expectations, with our own ideas of self-promotion, with our own ideas of, of everyone look at me and ought not to be a fashion statement and ought not to be a place just to come and hang out and have community. I mean, we need, we need to be coming together as the body of Christ and be one accord. You say, what is that? Seeking him with everything we have. Coming to worship him with everything we have. Coming yielding ourselves to him and allow him to operate in us and through us as we become one in spirit with one another. Amen. What's, what's the result of these things? Revival broke out. Is anyone here believing in revival for this land? If not, you're probably in the wrong church. Anyone believing in revival? This, this is how revival started. Revival started by them coming in one place, getting in unity of the spirit, getting unity in one accord, and revival broke loose, and people started getting saved. Whew. In verse 2, it says, and suddenly, hmm, thank God for the suddenlies. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. Why don't you come on up here, Leah? Suddenly there came from heaven a sound as a mighty rushing wind and filled the house where they were all sitting. Before we get into this serious part, I want to tell you something because this is, I'll tell you, this is how you, this is how you can miscommunicate what the word of God says. You know, I didn't, I, when I first got saved, I didn't read the word a whole lot, but I heard, I heard the word. Amen. And when I heard this, it said, it, the, the spirit of God came in like a mighty Russian wind. You know, see, when, when we're in Texas, we say Russian. We don't say rushing. You know, we say Russian. So I always thought it was like a cold, brisk wind that came through the house because it, like it was like a wind from Russia that, that came through and it, and it filled up the people. And I'm telling you, I always, I always thought that was the strangest thing when I actually read the word and said, man, it actually says rushing. You know, it was, it, it was just a wind that was flowing through the house. It says, and suddenly a sound from heaven of a Russian mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them cloven tongues like unto fire. And it sat upon each and every one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak in tongues. Speak with other tongues. Speak with diverse kind of tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. I love how Dr. Simmons, who wrote the Passion Translation, how he describes this. He says, then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire and it engulfed each and every one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Ghost and they were inspired to speak in tongues. Empowered by the Spirit to speak a language they have never learned. Churches, this pillar in this, in this, in this day, this, a pillar came. It was this, this fire by day, by day. It was this cloud by night. It was the burning bush that spoke to Moses. It came down and it planted itself right in front of the congregation. And then it broke up into tongues. It separated itself. And you see, see, a lot of us, when we start hearing these things, we think, oh, just a little tongue saying it came and it rested on someone's tongue. Listen, church, that's not, that's not what, our God is an all-consuming fire. Amen. See, when this, when this burning bush came and sat in the middle of this room, it broke up and it completely engulfed the people. 
Anyone desiring to receive, anyone wanting the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Church, they were in a 10-day prayer meeting pressing on. This wasn't just a meeting they came, you know, 30 minutes before the service started. No, they were in prayer meeting for 10 days, pressing in, uh, being obedient to what Jesus asked them to do. And the Holy Ghost came and he showed up. And he didn't just touch them, he fully engulfed them. He fully engulfed them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Why? So they could be that burning bush. To where they could go outside of those four walls and they could become that cloud by day. They could become that, that fire by night. But they had to get completely engulfed with that fire. Completely engulfed with the fullness of the Spirit of God, church. Whew. I'm telling you, church, we need a baptism. I'm telling you, church, we need a baptism. We need a baptism. We need a full immersion of the Holy Ghost to come down in this place. And it needs to change people. It needs to ignite people. It needs to make people alive that didn't know that, that there is a real God, that God has a calling for your life, that is a destiny for you. I'm telling you, you need a baptism. You need to get fully immersed. You need to get fully engulfed. With the Spirit of God, you need it. It's not, listen, church, this is a command. This isn't something that, that Jesus said, oh, I think it may be a good idea. It may help you out a little bit. No, he said, guys, don't, don't you dare think about leaving. Don't you dare think about leaving unless you're going to leave in my fullness. You'll never, you'll never fulfill your, the, the fullness of the destiny that I have for you. You're never going to fulfill that calling that, that I need you to complete unless you get this fullness to come you say, oh, Pastor, I, you know, I don't really know. I don't know about, I don't know about these tongue things, man. They're kind of weird. You know, I just, I don't know what, I don't know what people think. They think I'm strange. You know, I, I don't know if I want all that. Well, I'm telling you what Jude says, what the Holy Ghost said through Jude. He said, you want to build up your most holy faith? He says, pray in the Holy Ghost. How do we pray in the Holy Ghost? We pray in the Spirit. We pray in tongues and we pray in tongues and we pray in tongues. You want to be built up? I'm telling you, you may think your faith is weak. I haven't been in church for a year. I don't know what, what I'm doing. I'm telling you, the Lord's saying, listen, you pray in my spirit. Get fully immersed in my spirit where you can begin to pray and you can pray and you can pray. Because he says in Ephesians 5.18, he says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't be drunk with wine with an excess. He says, but be filled with my spirit. He says, church, don't be intoxicated with the things of this world. They're useless. It's not going to help you. It's not going to save the people around you. It's not going to promote healing in your life. You're not going to be able to better hear from the Holy Spirit. He says, don't get intoxicated with the world and all it has to offer. You don't need those things. He says, be filled. And that Greek word is continuous. It's being filled and being filled and be 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 filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not just a one-time opportunity. It's something that happens daily over and over and over. Church, even before I came out of this room, I got filled myself. I got filled with myself. And I'm telling you, this is what God desires for each and every one of us. He needs you to be overflowing with his passion, with his Power, with his compassion, with his love, with his dunamis explosive power. He needs you to be in that position.
See, this is the place where the Holy Ghost says, I can go search out the deep things of God. And I'll reveal it under your spirit. See, many of us were like, man, I, I don't know about tongues, but I, I'd love to work in, in, in gifts of healing. I'd love to have, you know, a word of knowledge, words of wisdom operating through me. Listen, church, it starts here. You, you want his gifts, you can't be ashamed of what he's offering us. There's one, two gifts of the Spirit that are for the church age only. See, all the other seven gifts are in operation all throughout the Old Testament, but there's only two that are in operation in the church age. You know what they are? Tongues and interpretations of tongues. How many churches do you go where you see tongues and interpretations of tongues being in operation? Because hmm? I'm telling you, the, the adversary's done a real good job He's done a real good job about manipulating us. So I want to open this opportunity up to you today, church. You want the gifts flowing. You want to walk in divine health. You want the power of God to influence you in everything that you're doing. Church, I just ask you to come on up front. Listen, we'll pray. I'm not, I don't want to embarrass people. This isn't what that's about. But I'm telling you, I would not deliver this message. I don't, I don't deliver this just because it's Pentecost Sunday. I only do it because the Holy Ghost asked me to do it. And there's people in here sitting in this church right now. You've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, you need to come up here and you need to receive that. It's not an age thing. It's not a maturity thing. I'm telling you, it's what will help mature you up if you get baptized in the Holy Ghost. It's, not, it's nothing to be embarrassed of, church. This is an absolute command of God. But you're going to have to step out in faith. You say, well, how do I receive it? It's the same way you receive salvation. Believe God for it. You allow it to operate through you. You allow it to come upon you. And then tongues will begin to flow. But you're going to have to make the decision to step on up. So I'm asking for those people that have never been baptized, I say, you know, get, get ready to stand on up. And then for the other, there's another set of people that the Lord has let me know. There's a, there's, there's a dry season in your life. There's a dry season in your life. You say, man, I got, I got baptized once and I, I spoke in tongues once. And man, that, that was great, you know, but, but I really don't pray in the spirit anymore. And, and I really have a dry time in my life. I really don't know what God's asking me to do. I can't hear from God. I'm telling you, he's asking you to come get filled up afresh today. Because he hadn't stopped speaking to you. But you've gotten yourself out of that position where you can't hear from him. And the more we pray in tongues, church, the more intimate you'll be with the Lord. Amen. So I just ask you, if that's you, step on up. Don't be embarrassed. Come on up to the front because listen, it's going to be, it has to be something you desire, something you want. You got one bold lady here. I'm telling you, I'd preach this whole sermon if it was for one person. But I know it's not just one person. There's other people that are here, but you need to get bold. You say, I want boldness. This, this is where boldness comes. You stand upon your feet. I'm telling you, church, if you're dry, listen, get out of your seat. No one's going to make fun of you. This is a family. This is a family. If you want to stay dry, sit there in your seat. Amen. If you want to be overflowing with the goodness of God, I'm, I'm going to encourage you, church. I'm going to encourage you. Stand up to your feet and come get what the Holy Ghost wants for you today. Amen. I'm about to turn this mic off. I want you guys that are 
that are filled with the Holy Ghost, that are bursting forth. I want you to be praying. As we, as we refresh these people and get the ones filled that have never been filled before. Amen. Can y'all do that with me? We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the center of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie.